Okay, okay, quiet down. Welcome to Camp Sad Styles Productions. Here's a little orientation on what to expect this week at camp. On Tuesday, it's a retro video game class. The Retrograde Podcast is taking on the Monstars when they play the original Space Jam in honor of Space Jam, a new legacy. On a special day, Wednesday, we will teach you about sports gambling and how to lose money on the British Open and losing money with Andrew Baskin. On Thursday, a lesson on sports marketing. Now that the Stanley Cup has been handed out, the work is only just beginning on the sign-off, a framework podcast. Also on Thursday, a training on how to get hurt and make money doing it. The Jackass crew continues their stunt-by-stunt breakdown of season two of the TV show Jackass. We hope you enjoy your summer, but don't forget to sign our extensive waiver, wear sunscreen, swim with a buddy, but most importantly, don't forget to get into it. He's the one that will help you bet, then for the game you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and this is your 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we talk about the Open. Yes, I am Canadian. We are in the West, so we call it the British Open, which, of course, is very redundant if you live in Britain because why would it be the British Open? It's just the Open. But we are going to have Charlie Chalk on to make picks for the British Open so that we can find new ways to lose money intercontinental style, across the pond, as they say. We are going to give the money to the people in Britain. After their Euro Cup loss, I feel bad for them. But their actions after the Euro Cup makes me feel not as bad. Speaking of ways to lose money, that's a perfect segue to our recap. Recap. Oh boy. Okay. UFC 264 happened last Saturday. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier 3, the trilogy. And boy, did we lose money. Mission accomplished, everyone. We did it. Woo. Nailed it. Yep. You asked for it. We delivered it. We call losing money for a reason, we lost money. No refunds at the door. Overall, really an interesting card, but (laughs) oh yeah, we were off on almost every fight. Let's start with, you know, I started the show last time with the opening fight of the card, which I thought was going to be the least interesting, but actually turned out to be, you know, fascinating for a lot of reasons. Sean O'Malley versus Chris Moutinho. Chris Moutinho took that uh, that fight on 11 days notice. He came in with a shock of green hair, which was uh, shocking. And really, if you come in with that amount of uh, green hair, it really uh, punctuates when you get hit in the face, when you get knocked backwards. And boy, did this guy get knocked backwards constantly. Everyone is going to be out there praising him. Uh, They call him the Green Zombie now. He's, you know, a Massachusetts kid. So there's a certain percentage of the population in the country that feels ownership over him. But man, he's getting praised right now because of the short notice and because he stood there and ate a lot of punches. We thought there's no way that we almost didn't even bet on the fight because it was a minus 763 by the time we were taking it. And via knockout was minus 210. And we were just like, well, let's just take the knockout, put it all in on the knockout and that'll do it. And it almost didn't come through. Thank God for Herb Dean stopping that fight. And it, you know what? Not, not, I don't know. <laughs> you see it among fighters mostly that they're like, that oh, was a controversial stop because it was only 30 seconds left in the whole fight. Sean O'Malley had been setting off like, actual records there's actual UFC records about his amount of accuracy in this fight now that could go towards Sean O'Malley being just an incredibly accurate striker but it also could be Chris Matino just standing there like a block of meat and getting punched in the head as much as possible I say that the stoppage was controversial only because 30 seconds left but it's controversial among fighters like oh just let him finish the fight 
Oh, come on. It's only 30 seconds. You know, you know what? It's not the referee's job to go like, wait, how many seconds are left in the fight? Okay, I'll let it continue. Like, no, its job is to protect the fighters, and that's what he thought he was doing. I do, there is always something very funny to me when somebody is just getting the pulp beaten out of them. The absolute, like, blood is everywhere. His face, he looks like the mask. Like, it's incredible how ugly he was at the end. And it gets stopped, and he has to go to the ref, go like, why? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Herb Dean should hold a mirror, just have, like, a pocket mirror for those examples, going like, oh, these, these reasons. He's there to defend you. He defended you. We barely got out of that with a minus 210 knockout victory and the victory nonetheless for Sean O'Malley. And that was one of the bright spots. We go on from there. Jessica Aldana, Yana Kutiskaya. By the time we had recorded it, we didn't know that Jessica Aldana was going to um, weigh in over uh, by three pounds. And usually people always say, oh, that matters. Oh, man, when they miss weight, oh, it's a big deal. And it actually is shown over the numbers not to be a huge deal one way or another. And in in this case, if anything, when they're so light, three pounds does make a difference. And Jessica Aldana just threw her around very quickly. Yana Kutiskaya uh, almost immediately... Uh, was over, and I'm like, okay, well, I won on Sean O'Malley, so I lost on uh, Kudiskaya. That's that's fine. No, it's fine. It goes down from there. Greg Hardy, uh, you know, the champion of overall being a big piece of shit, uh, got his absolute head knocked off by uh, Tai Tuivasa. Tuivasa, real star turn. If this is pro wrestling, he came out and was the crowd favorite. Huge pop. He was doing shoeies with everybody, including that guy that put the hot sauce on one of his shoes. I uh, Like, you know, <laughs> like, drinking beer out of your own shoe. Disgusting, right? No one likes that. Who would like that? That's great. You're doing it for the spectacle of it. You're doing it for like the, oh my God, I can't believe that guy's doing it. Horror of it. Then to go through an audience of strangers and to drink out of their shoes from their beer. Oh boy. Then on top of that, coming off of a recent pandemic, I really got to say this guy is the toughest person in the world and he's never going to die. He's the cockroach of, uh, of fighters. Speaking of cockroaches, Greg Hardy deserves not to be in the UFC anymore, and I'm unsure of why he's fighting on pay-per-views, let alone fighting in the UFC at all. He doesn't have a win against any current UFC fighter right now. I just don't understand the marketing strategy behind keeping Greg Hardy in there. Do they, so like I'm a football fan, right? You know, you're out there, you, you listen to the show, you're a football fan. It's not like you're like, I don't care for the UFC. Oh, Greg Hardy's fighting? You mean Greg Hardy of the Carolina Panthers, Greg Hardy? Like, what What kind of strategy is that? Get him out of here. He's also, he's. I think he's most famous for being a piece of shit. And then he's like, I'm not a piece of shit. A wink. It was, seeing, it was fun seeing him get his, you know, lights knocked out. But nonetheless, get out of the UFC. And then I think the fight that's being forgotten by everybody is Thompson Gilbert Burns. I took Thompson. The second I took Thompson, I, I, was, I was regretting it. Uh, Stephen Thompson's best days might have been behind him. And Gilbert Burns, I think, is getting kind of a weird uh, memory lapse from the Usman fight where they're like, Gilbert Burns, ugh, yeah, he didn't stand a chance. It's like, I actually don't know if that's true. I think it would have been actually pretty effective to have uh, Thompson face Usman again, knock him out, then go, oh, I've cleared up the division. Time to figure out something else. But I think Burns is still kind of lurking out there. And then maybe a year or two, if he continues the streak, we could see him back again. I don't know. I thought he looked really dominant. The takedowns looked really good. The punching looked really good, really crisp. So I don't know. There we go. But hey, continuing the trend, we lost money. And then we get to the main event. Uh, You know, Everybody will have said everything about this fight, so there's not much more I need to add to it. We were on Dustin Poirier. We were on Dustin Poirier via decision, uh, which ultimately I think would have lost anyway, so I'm not going to like sit here and go, like, who knows what would have happened if it wasn't for the doctor stoppage. But Dustin Poirier looked really great. We know Conor McGregor 
conditioning is not great anymore. And as their as their trainers will always say, he would fight every Saturday if he could. And I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. But it's in between the fights to tell how well you're going to do going forward. He came out throwing all kind of different levels, you know, the all these like hook kicks and calf kicks and coming up with up and down. And Poye still won that first round. It wasn't going to go McGregor's way. You just know it. Yeah, in the second round, maybe he could have caught him something. Well, yeah, no, maybe I could win the lottery. But but it probably wasn't going to happen. Poye looked really good. And that's setting up an Oliveira fight that, oh my God, am I excited for that fight. This was great because it's good to have the UFC on the map like this. It's good to have a spectacle. But really, it doesn't progress the sport at all. Having a Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier fight is going to cement a star. You are going to walk out of there going like, holy shit, Charles Oliveira can tap out anyone. Oh my God, Dustin Poirier is tough as hell. It's going to be really good for that reason. So I'm really glad to see the shadow of Conor McGregor go away for a while, rest up, take your year and a half to recover from your disgusting leg injury, and let's move on with the sport. And with that, let's move on with the podcast. Charlie Chalk coming on after the break to break down everything British Open. Welcome back to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. With us to talk about the British Open is Charlie Chalk. Charlie Chalk, how you doing? Andrew, thank you for having me back on your show. I'm doing great, thank you. And you know, the Open is happening this weekend. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry about that. <laughs> Excuse me. Well. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it's one of the it's one of the better tournaments out there. It's a good viewing experience. But boy, is it a brutal course. And this year, it's no different. Well, it's probably one of the toughest ones to play. Um, Royal yeah. St. George. It's, um, it was, again, remember, they were supposed to play it last year. And they, they canceled it. And... Mm-hmm. You might not believe this, but they tell us they have not <laughs> cut the rough in two years. And it's oh green. God. It's not burnt out. It's not like that feathery stuff. So it's it, they tell yeah. me it's gnarly. So that's going to put a bit of a spin on who we like and who we don't. Well, is that, that's so true. And, you know, usually the British Open or the Open, I'm so sorry, it's usually okay. is, is, is a long shot uh, a type place. And the odds are reflecting that in a certain way. There are very, very few heavy favorites and a lot of people just pulling back into the middle because you know two years ago when this last time the British Open was run um, Shane Lowry won you know I don't even know what he's doing now these days but it's famous for kind of longer shot uh, winners so with that being said let's start from the top who do you like at the best odds to win the Open this weekend well again I'm going with my name Charlie Chalk and I will take some chalk here Um, I would (laughs) think my favorite to win the Open is Jordan mm-hmm. Spieth. And I'm not oh, a okay. Spieth lover. I just think that no. the course is going to set up. He's a bit wild, but he has to be the best short game in the business. And uh, I think that as a veteran, I think he'll he'll be there. I like him to win mm. the Open. Oh, wow. Usually, usually you're all over his best friend, Justin Thomas. But well, now you're taking Jordan Spieth this week. Well, you know, you're, you're hurting me by even bringing that up. But, um, <laughs> you know, Spieth is actually favored a little more higher than Justin Thomas. But uh, we, let's not talk about Justin Thomas. Well, why do, why do you think that is? Why do you think Spieth has better odds right now? Uh, because uh, Thomas is having a problem with his putter. And if you can't ah, putt, and I don't know no. who's looked at the course, but there is not a straight putt anywhere. It, it's a real finesse around the greens. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason... Spieth just he can handle it and he's got a good feel for it and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of feeds me into my second pick and people don't like who okay. I take and that's uh, not okay. always pro-American but <laughs> Patrick Reed 
again. Ah, there we go. You know, everyone... I also have Patrick Reed, do Joe, you? Jock. So do this, you? we're on the same page. Yes, well, I be, do. You know, it's going to be an interesting threesome. Uh, Reed, yep. McElroy, and Cameron Smith. And Cameron no. Smith has told, isn't really very happy playing with Patrick Reed because he calls him a cheater, and I don't like playing with cheaters. So that might, it doesn't hurt <laughs> Reed. It's going to hurt Smith. Because it's going to bug yeah. him. Reed doesn't think he cheats, so he he can go ahead and play, and he's going to play very well. Yeah, I don't get I don't get Patrick Reed being at forty to one, running off at forty to one right now. Because here are some other people that are forty to one: Justin Rose, uh, Neiman, Fleetwood. Reed has a major, has won nine times on the tour, and yes, week to week, you sometimes don't know what you're going to get from him. But when the lights are on and it's 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 a bright time, like like a Ryder Cup, like a major. Patrick Reed plays well, and he's also got a great short game. You're telling me everything about the rough right now. Patrick Reed, I think, makes a lot of sense at forty to one. I really do. I, I th- and he's got yep. the experience over it, it, in the Open, so I think this is going to pay off nicely. Might not win, well, but he'll be right up there. So, so mm. those are my okay. sort of two chalky picks. Okay. Well, here here are my chalk picks. Okay. okay. So I'm going to go. follow you. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. I. I, my two chalk picks, I'm going to take Victor Hovland at 2,500 oh, uh, to win. Good, good, good. Victor Hovland, young guy, he's going to win eventually. He is already from Europe. This isn't like going over there and, you know, having to learn the whole system and the wind and the, the, the rough and everything the way they do it. And it wouldn't shock you. At plus 2,500, you want to be early in on Hovland, not last out. You don't want to be the one that's like, oh, I, I took him every other week and then he won. I think this is one of those ones where it could make a lot of sense. He's young, he's talented, and 2,500 feels pretty good for me, the other one that I'm on is I'm tired of losing money when John Rom wins. I'm tired of not betting on John Rom. I don't care that he's a favorite. I don't care this plus 800. He had a crappy week last week. But but you know what? This is the U.S. Open all over again where I'm like, I, he's the favorite. Everyone takes him. Everybody takes him. And I'm sitting there on the outside. I'm not doing that again. I'm going to take a small bet on John Rom at plus 800. Oh, Mr. Chalk. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, well. I know, right? Yeah, it's a trademark here. You might be right. You might be right. Yeah, it's um, he's obviously one. This goes to show you how tough it is to bet in the in the British Open. You've got yeah. Rom in order: Rom, Kepka, Spieth, Shoffley, McIlroy, Thomas, DJ. We haven't even mentioned are all no. the top ten picks, and they yep. probably won't come in because, as we know, Darren Clark won in two thousand and thirteen, and I think he's. 250 to one and again oh, the course the weather it, it, it can be a crapshoot and that's why you're mentioning okay. the odds being so high to win this yeah. tournament so oh, there is the haves and haves nots you know absolutely. for this tournament for sure there is okay so if you're gonna break the streak and you're not gonna take a chalk who else do you like in the tournament i think we gotta go <laughs> this with kills the, you we gotta go with the europeans though we, we okay you just have to we can look at Justin Rose at sixty-six to one, Ooh. Lee Westwood at sixty to one. I, yeah, ah. I could get tired here, but and I'll go with Brandon <laughs> Grace at fifty-five to one. One oh. of those three's got to be in there in the end. There's got to be some experience. They love the win, and it, it, it's just this is their game. So those yeah. are yeah. kind of my picks. And I, I know that you haven't mentioned the guy that we all love, Bryson <laughs> DeChambeau. Bryson, what do you think? I, I'm glad you bring him up. I, I cannot stay away, far enough away, excuse me, from Bryson DeChambeau this weekend. It is blowing my mind at plus 3,500 he is there to win. Here's the three times he's been in the British Open in the past. Tied for 51st, 
missed cut, missed cut. Wow. And now he's going to run off in the top 20 selections to win. Here's the, Bryson, new caddy, windblown course, and that driving distance is negated because of the wind. He can't knock it up in the air. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be brought down. If that's his strength and it gets completely negated, why in the world is he running at that high a number? I just don't get it. And again, on top of that, he's not. he might hit it far, but he's not hitting it straight. And this, no. more than U.S. Open rough, you just cannot get your club through this stuff if you miss greens, if you can even find yep. the ball. So it's going to be an issue, <laughs> and I think that I don't have it, but I think I might just think that Bryson might be gone in two days. So uh, <laughs> it go. could be a great possibility, but I like it going that way. He has no chance of winning. Yeah, the only other two that I like that I'm going to pile on here is I'm right there with you, Lee Westwood, 60-1. to 1. I really like he's been playing really, really well this year. Doesn't that feel like a Darren Clark type of pick where it's kind of like, well, Lee Westwood. I remember Lee Westwood. He hasn't done much in it. Like, no, no, no. He's actually had a pretty good year. This yep. is the, these are the courses he grew up playing. 60-1. to 60-1. to 1. Come on. That's like a lottery coming home. That's great. I love 60-1. to 1. And then the other one is Mark Leishman, Australian. He has finished six or better in his three of his last six open starts. That's pretty good. Um, you know, he has been playing really well this year. He just missed that playoff between uh, Hickok and and uh, English uh, right. over at the Travelers. Yeah. He just missed by one stroke. And he tied for fifth at the Masters, 70-1. to one. Yeah, What am I missing there? That feels like a good bet. Okay, one more for you, and I'll let you go. Okay. Or you'll let All me right. go, or we'll leave. But <laughs> okay. Stuart Sink, 140-1, ah. to one, has won two tournaments this year on the PGA. He was won mm-hmm. the infamous against... Tom Watson, who know everyone yeah. loved, but he was a player. He's won a major. He's won over in the in Scotland. This is a good pick, guys. He's always around. Yeah. He will. He'll make the cut. 140 to one. He's a top 20 player. No one talks about him. I I like it. Yeah, that's another one. 140 to one. He's won twice this year. Yes, 140 to one. Where in the world is this coming from? We I, like I, you'll have players in there that like have not been playing, and they'll have higher odds. I don't get that at all. Well, I, I wouldn't want to mention who's 140 to one with them, but it's. I think it's a wonderful <laughs> pick. And and you, when you get yeah. me back on your program again, mm-hmm. make sure you remind me. Tell me what Stuart Sink did because I think okay. that your listeners will miss if they don't put him in. <laughs> Beauty. Okay, so there you go. There's Charlie Chalk's picks, and we are going to be posting all of these over at Losing Money WAB, where you can read all of our picks for the Open. But Charlie Chalk, thank you so much for coming on. We hope you have fun losing money this weekend. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Have a great weekend. Okay, that's it. That's all. Thank you so much for listening to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. There are so many more things we want to talk about. Because of the Open and because it comes out on, you know, this episode comes out on a Wednesday instead of our normal Friday episodes, there's so many things we can't get to. We want to talk about baseball. We want to talk about the UFC fight night. There's so many things happening this weekend we want to get to. And the only way that you can get those picks from us is either with a gun positive attitude and a firm handshake or going over to our Twitter account or Instagram account at Losing Money WAB where we make free daily picks every day, free, over there so that you can lose money with us every day. But until then, thanks for Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. Can you please subscribe, rate, and review to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to this on? If you feel like gambling is becoming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that plays throughout the show was done by Nikki Mitchell. You can find her music on Spotify or on her Instagram. Both links are in the description right now. All art for the show was created by Alex Monid, And we are a proud product of Sad Styles Productions. Executive producers Mike Aaronworth and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for listening and have fun losing money on the Open this weekend. We'll see you later, losers.
He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!